Hey, one quick thing before we get started. I just want to remind you that this podcast is for information, education, and entertainment. It is not a substitute for therapy or therapeutic intervention. If you find yourself in crisis, please visit your local emergency room or contact a crisis hotline. it would be prep. Um, I realize I'm not much of a prepper. Um, I think I do operate off of if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And all I mean by that is um, my prep work has been authenticity. And I endeavor every moment of every day to be my most authentic self. So no matter where I go, no matter what audience I'm in front of, no matter who I'm with or where I show up, is done. And the more I thought about the things that I would like to share with my Ladies of Love community, the more I realized that um, I, today feels like a measuring of growth, as well as noticing some growth edges where I need to continue to do some work. Um, So I want to start by talking about, and honestly, I want to tell y'all like how these topics emerge life. I will go through life sometimes and I'm having a conversation with someone and I have to either pause the conversation or while somebody else is talking, take out my phone and pull out my notes and write something down. Because so much of my gift is being present and being a flowing vessel. That truth, love, and healing flow through me. So I am sometimes just as surprised or in awe or shocked or like oh wow Uh, when things come out of my mouth just like the people who are listening because my life isn't prepped um or rehearsed and so everything i want to share with you today resulted from something that has happened in i want to say like the last 12 hours (laughs) that i have been like either thinking about or having a conversation with someone with and i have to be like oh that's good i want to i want to share that with everyone. So let's start by talking about spring. Um, I, I've been talking about how we, we in our culture and our society, I believe, uh, have largely drifted away from using nature and the changing t- seasons to really guide us in, in the natural progression of cycles Um, and patterns in our lives. And so as we are approaching spring, I have been encouraged to consider what I can learn about nature and about life that can help guide me in my journey. And so I've been talking to some people and I might ask a question like, what what do you learn from spring? 
what are some rituals and things and so i believe i shared this before spring cleaning how we can benefit from not just cleaning our physical spaces but our internal spaces but today um, i was talking to a really good friend someone who is one of my safe spaces and the question was how you been it seems like such a, a simple question doesn't it and i have found over the last several weeks that as many people have who have asked me that and these are people that I genuinely care about people who genuinely care about me who want to know the answer I have not been able to answer that question simplistically at all um how I am how I be is such a, it feels like such a complex state of existence right now that there are no few words that I can use to sum up what what being is like for me right now but as I was talking to this friend um, I began to say that, like, I feel like I'm in this space, like spring, like spring is approaching. As a matter of fact, uh, by the time this airs, we will be two days after the official start of the spring season. So spring is here. It's not even approaching anymore. It's here. And what many people think of with spring is they think of the rain. But ultimately, warmer weather, particularly if you are in places that um, has four seasons, and they think of bloom, they think of production, uh, productivity. You start to see the evidence um, through emerging colors and flowers and uh, the re-emergence of animals that you haven't seen in a while because they've been hibernating. Um, and so there is like this hustle and bustle of life and growth that I believe spring is known for. And when I can remember distinctly being in grade school for second grade, April showers bring May flowers and uh, you're out, out um, in like a lion, out like a lamb, <laughs> all these uh, sayings that would be there and we were doing our bulletin boards outside of classrooms in spring colors and you think of Easter and pastels and just all of those things. And what I was describing to my friend today is I said, you know what? I truly do feel and know within me that the bloom is coming in my life for this upcoming season. I can see the proverbial array of colors and rainbows and growth and the reemergence of things. But I'm not there yet. You know where I'm at? I am at the part of spring where I gotta I gotta fight. I gotta and it's it feels less um, aggressive. Don't think aggressive fight. But think about that flower that you will see soon see the bloom of. But nobody talks about how that flower has to bust out of this out of the seed. It went in as a seed. We didn't plant whole flowers often. We planted the seeds. And I recognize now that 2021 as a whole year was about seed planting. So there are some seeds in me but like, it's always this thing I talk about, we skip the middle. So it's like, plant the seed, and then it blooms. But we don't talk about 
like, you gotta bust out of that shell. I gotta bust out of the, the shell of the seed. I remember maybe around third grade, what did we plant? Was it a green bean, a lima bean? We planted something, but we, we watched. And I, I remember watching that seed turn into something else. And it had to come out of the hard exterior of the seed. And then even though it did that, even though it kind of fought its way, it grew and it maneuvered out of the, you know, the seed stage, it was still underground. It was still dark. It still couldn't feel the breeze, but it still needed to be nurtured. And that's where I feel like I'm at, y'all. I feel like some things are coming and I have no idea what is coming. I, I really don't. But I know it's going to be beautiful. And I know that what emerges will be a combination of beauty, and but it has a purpose. Whether it's fragrant, whether it's to feed and nurture, both. And so I'm at this stage where I, I think the things that are happening in me have not yet peaked their way through the soil. But something is happening. Something is happening underneath um underneath the ground of my of my of my upcoming spring and so yeah that was a, a thought that I had today as I was talking to this friend and that feels like it's something about that analogy that that makes me quake and shiver not necessarily in a negative way but in a a hopeful like this feels good. Um, it ain't easy, but it feels good. Something is coming. Um, and it makes me feel closer to this, this missing element of, um, of nature that I, when I say missing, has been missing in the very forefront understanding of how the world functions in my life. And so I, I like that. So I wanted to share. And I just, I know, anytime I talk, you know, it, it I, it's coming out for a reason because I'm no less a vessel when I'm doing this podcast than anything else and I know that if I'm saying it someone else is going to relate to it and so in that maybe I was able to give some words to something you've been feeling or at least give you something to play around with but I want to give a word of encouragement just because it's still dark don't give up just because you still feel like ooh, you know it's kind of suffocating don't give up like once we once we peek through that that is when you know and that doesn't mean that we peek through that that soil and we're full grown there's still growth to do i just know that there have been multiple times i will say in the last month where i've seriously questioned on multiple things across my life is this what i even want anymore do i even want to do this anymore do i want to keep working hard for this um, and I've been questioning and I, I keep coming back to don't, don't, don't give up. Don't, don't grow weary in your well-doing. <laughs> don't, don't faint before it's over. All these things, just, just stay the course. And so I wanted to just share that because I feel like that can really, really, really be an inspirational word for some people. Um, which leads me to the next thing I want to talk about, which is I have found that um, 
I have had to do some reintroductions in my life lately. And, you know, you all, my, my LOL community, those who come on and faithfully, weekly, are tuning in and listening to my podcast. In some ways, I feel like you all know me better or deeper than other people in my life, even ones that I'm super close to. Because if they don't have an opportunity to listen to, there are very few people in my life that I get to spend time with and talk to as regularly as I do you, listeners of my podcast, okay? Besides my mama and my husband and my kids, there is no other person on this planet that I talk to regular. I talk to them every day. I talk to y'all every week. And even some of my most beloved friends, I don't talk to that frequently at all. Our lives are just very busy. And so in some ways, I feel like that if you are a faithful listener to this, you are hearing my evolution and growth every week. And because of this, um, like whether you do or not, you can maybe think back to some of the ways that I showed up two years ago when the podcast first started and now, and it's not like there are these, I'm not a whole different person, but I think, you know, I'm, I'm just sharing the evolution of Shonda. But there are a lot of things in personal relationships, in some cases, in professional relationships, where I have found that I have to do reintroductions because we as people oftentimes expect people to stay the same. It, it just is what it is. It's why as parents or aunties and uncles or cousins or just friends of families, whatever, children, when they, when they, it's not just when their bodies get bigger, but when they start to develop a sense of self and they, they talk to us, it's so shocking. They're like, oh my God, they're growing so fast. And really they ain't growing no faster than like <laughs> everything else. It's 24 hours in a day, 365 days a year. But the reason why it's so startling to us is because somewhere deep down, we really do expect people to stay the same. You know, I don't think it's a conscious thing. I think if we were to go consciously, no, I know that people grow and evolve and blah, 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 blah. But once they move into adulthood, we really do expect people to be the same. It's why we get so disappointed in relationships often because we don't account for our own personal evolution and other people's evolution. So I have found that I need to reintroduce myself to people because their expectations of me are the same as they were the last time they encountered me. So let me take professionally. There are people who, now that the world looks different than it did in March of 2020, and no one knew what the heck was happening and what would happen, and as we went through an entire year of figuring out, then another year, now people are settling into whatever. And I am getting a lot of return um, inquiries return, meaning like people I've worked with before are reaching back out and wanting to work with me again. And what I have to understand is they believe often that they are going to get the same Shonda that they got in 2019 and in early 2020. And so I've had to pause and go, hey, before we even talk about like my availability, 
Let's talk about who I am now, the version of me, how I show up in the world. And let's, I want to give you the opportunity to see if this is actually what you want. Back in the day, I did a lot of training, um, like one-time trainings. Hey, can you come in? We're having um, an all staff where, you know, can you come in and do a two hour or even three hour, you know, or people really thought they were pushing the limit when they go a four hour training on this. And I mean, come on, y'all, what do I talk about? I talk about trauma. And I am extremely good at my trainings. I'm very charismatic and engaging, but I'm almost, I'm also very knowledgeable and I translate information very well. I acknowledge that and they want me to come and that's what they want. But now I'm just like, okay, I'm still charismatic. I'm still engaging. I'm still funny. I'm still knowledgeable, but I'm no longer performing. And it's crazy, right? Because it's like, I, you know, like as I'm, as I'm talking about this, it feels like part, like, I, I just want to be honest. I have been recording today's podcast for 16 minutes and 39 seconds. And I have wanted to restart it no less than five times <laughs> because I, I have this, everything is just swirling inside of me. And as I get it out, there are parts of me that are wondering, is this coherent? Is this even making sense? Um, I haven't restarted it because this is what I'm talking about. This is the authentic me. There is no desire for a perfect production. This is just what it is, right? And so when I'm showing up, like I, I, I still understand that an element of what I do is performance. But I've come to this point now where I'm like, I'm done performing. Now, you will still be entertained because I'm an entertaining person. Like there are just parts of me that I'm funny. You know, I, I have good comedic timing and word choice. So people will be entertained, but I have been able to shed this next, this, 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 another layer of like, I gotta go perform and I, they gotta like me. No, no, they don't. Um, people liking me, it it, is not contingent upon me giving the information that I need to give. And that's just, just different. Now, something I have shared probably numerous times on the podcast, when I change and evolve, Oftentimes, people outside of me, they don't see the difference. Um, even people who are relatively close to me, because I I always present this particular way, even when I'm not trying to. People just, they give me a lot of credit for having everything all together. And so when I start making changes when I continue to evolve, when I continue to get things together, it always just seems like, you know, oh, it's been that way. So that's why I like to share it. So, you know, I've had a couple of instances where I've had to, you know, people are like, hey, you know, some some things were, hey, we talked about doing this. <laughs> we talked about doing this, you know, before COVID. I'm like, that feels like COVID feels like it sucked 10 years of life away. 
I have no idea and I don't remember what we talked about doing. So I'm in, engaging in these conversations again. And I have to say, so here are some things like, and I, it's important for you to know. One of the biggest differences from before is I just show up now. <laughs> and that's it. I am to the point where if people are not coming to me and really all they want me to do is show up and be me, I'm not interested in the work. <clears throat> so what I mean by that is, um, some people who want me to come and work with them are people who have experienced me. And that's awesome because I want you to know what you're getting. But the people who are experiencing me and want me to come are not the people who ultimately make the decisions of whether or not people will pay me to come. And so there has been this long-standing dance where part of the work is convincing people that they should bring me in. And I'm just done with that. <laughs> I'm over it. Now, I get it. You know, that convincing still needs to be done. I just realized that ain't my job. Um, if there's red tape, it's not my red tape. Now, one of my good friends told me, like, ultimately, you know, I need someone who will do that that part. And that's fine. But until I find that person, I'm just going to sit with, if you, you can't just, because that's all it, that's it. I help people be human with other humans. I leave people in places better than I find them. I show up and I give all of me and what is needed. I trust as the vessel that whatever needs to come forth is what's going to come forth. And these are conversations that I'm explicitly having now. What would happen in the past is I, I ultimately had this belief for a long time. And, and part of that belief is like people are asking for something. They're asking for what they want, but it's not actually what they need based on the concerns and issues that they have. And so my attitude would be fine. I will essentially tell them I'm giving them what they want, but I'm really going to give them what they need. And it, it never backfired. I think ultimately people were like, oh, this is exactly what we needed. Um, and then sometimes, you know, as they were, it's not, you know, when they would tell me what it is, I would say, I'm thinking this is my actually be more beneficial, right? I would kind of have these conversations, but there was this kind of covert operationism that I was working under that, like, I was going to pull a bait and switch, like, yeah, I'm gonna get the gig and then I'm really gonna give them what they need. Now I'm like, mm -mm, I'm going to tell you up front, this is, this is it. But this is it. I can't even necessarily tell you exactly what that's going to look like. Um, I can give you a general thing. So for every single person who's like, hey, can you come and do this? We'll have a conversation about what the needs are. And I'll say, I think this will be, you know, a good thing to talk about. What I've also learned about needs, I talk about the same thing over and 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 over again. How the brain and body works, the necessity of discharge and recharge, um, the five core um, practices. Like I talk about the same things over and over again, which I love. Now I'm just saying, here's the general scope, but I have no, I can't, I, no, I can't give you an outline. Cause I, how do I know what I'm going to say to the group of people I'm in front of when I don't know who the group of people are? And if we're planning this three months out, three months ago, we didn't know that Russia was going to invade Ukraine. We have no idea. So no, I'm not going to try to tell you what I'm going to say. There would be no transcript. You're going you're gonna to get what I can guarantee and promise is you're going to get the fullness of me and all that my vessel offers. And really getting comfortable with the fact that like, if people are uncomfortable with that, that's okay. 
because ultimately what I've come to, and this is, and that was just like my pro professional examples, but this translates into my personal relationships as well. And what I've come to realize is I now can only be in places that can fully accommodate my whole self. And my whole self includes my evolution. Things, the way things happen in my life is I'm talking to y'all this week and here we are two years in. And the reason I never run out of things to talk about is because I don't stop living. Everything I come on here and talk about is what's happening in my life. And so if I'm in a place that is expecting me, if I'm in a place or a relationship, personal, professional, that says, oh my God, we love you. We love you just as you are. But that love is expecting me to remain as I am. It's not the person or place or relationship for me because I will continue to evolve. And as I do that, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about this. Like I am setting firm boundaries, but am I doing the same for other people? And that, that hit me today. So I told him that I would 100% um, give him credit for this. Um, but I wanted to shout out uh, Andrew Tudor, who was a recent guest on the podcast. He's Mr. Wealth Coach. Um, and he posted something um, earlier today. And I'm like, Oh, bruh, that is a word. And as we kind of just went back and forth on Instagram a little bit, I was like, FYI, <laughs> I will give you credit. I'm shouting it out, but I got to talk about this today. So he retweeted or not retweeted. We were on Instagram, but he reshared a post that I believe was a tweet, um, from at Drake's diary one. And that post said, accept people as they are, but place people where they belong. So come on, y'all. Like I've been talking about the bus analogy and, and working through my relationships and things. So yep, that's not new. And then Andrew's post, who is at Mr. Wealth Coach, um, if you want to follow him on, on Instagram. And he wrote as an addendum to that, if you can't accept them as they are in your life, move on. If you allow them in your life, stop trying to change them. Y'all, y'all, y'all. <laughs> so I want to say like it, the words themselves, like in some ways it's like, yeah, that's what you've been saying. But it hit me today in a way that I was like, oh, we, I am, I have been so, um, so dead set on shoring up my boundaries and realizing that I was only going to be in relationships that that are accepting of me as I am but like have I actually been putting forth that same level um of work of realizing am I allowing space for people to be just who they are in my life and when I was real and honest with myself that answer was no there is some part of me that I believe in so many of my relationships was predicated on changing people. And I don't necessarily mean that because, you know, I explicitly thought something was wrong with them. Maybe it was that I implicitly thought they could just be better. <laughs> All the arrogance. And here it is. Here it is. 
we are in relationship to get needs met. That it's just real. You're in a relationship with your your landlord or your mortgage broker to get the need met of maintaining your house and having somewhere to live. You're in a relationship with the energy supplier. You're in a relationship with groceries. Like we're in all relationships. We we go into these relationships to get our needs met. And 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 ideally we have mutually enhancing and beneficial relationships where not only are our needs met, but we are also uh, other people can get their needs met in the relationship and yada yada yada. But what I realized is I I spend so much unconscious time trying to change and manipulate the people I'm in a relationship with in order to get my needs met. So I have a need and they're not meeting it the way I want to. So I will do things to try to change them into meeting it. And here's the thing, like, because I can convince myself that I am doing a greater good and often convince myself that I'm doing it for them, then my nitpicking, my overanalyzing, my diagnosing, my my attempts at control in very subtle ways because I do it with a smile or here's the kicker, because people trust me. Whew. When I sat and like I could cry, um... When I just started to really realize how manipulative I am, y'all, it hit me. I'm like, damn, I am so manipulative. And that word can strike so many chords with different people. It can bring with it a whole lifetime and history of pain or whatever. But I simply mean, I learned early on how to manipulate, how to, and so one way, if I just get really good grades, my parents will be proud of me. It was one of the first base lessons of manipulation. That simply means trying to bend someone else's actions to my need or my will. And so even if that means I do something that steers in a different direction, every time I try to earn my love, acceptance, and value in a relationship, I was using manipulation tactics. And because I was so, so, so good at it, it just became a way that I engaged. And because it was celebrated often or because it got my needs met, I stopped evaluating it. I never evaluated it. So I just sit here today like, oh my goodness it was just something about Andrew's addendum to that post that was like look they if they're in if you want them in your life they're in your life as they are but if you don't you don't have to I get that choice and autonomy but if they're there then I gotta accept them as they are and if I can't accept them then I need to make a different decision about the relationship. And there was something about that that both invigorated and empowered me and sucked this wind out of my sails simultaneously. I began to think about some of my closest relationships. Let me talk about my kids. How it made me pause and go, can I love them as they are? Can I love my son shy and quiet and... And, and someone who probably will never like school 
he said to me that, you know, we just got, we're finishing spring break. They go back to school tomorrow. And um, as we started spring break, um, he came to me and he's like, can we order pizza? And I was like, oh. and he was like, to celebrate making it to the fourth quarter. And I was like, oh, shoot, we're going, we're going into the fourth quarter. He's like, yeah. And he was like, remember first and second quarter when I was getting D's and F's? And he's like, and now, you know, I'm getting like B's. And I, I have been, I have tried to consistently, when he says things like that, I'm like, we definitely, let's celebrate making it to the fourth quarter. And then I'll ask questions like, are you proud of yourself? And he's like, yeah. It's like, I'm proud of you for being proud of me. I'm proud of you for how confident you feel. You know, I'm not emphasizing the grades, right? And so at some point, um, he was sitting, I can remember, he's sitting on the couch and I asked him something like, you know, so do you feel like, because he started the beginning of third quarter excited. The first two quarters were a rough transition for him. I've talked about that on the podcast. You know, he hadn't been an in-person student for a year and a half. We were transitioning to a more academically rigorous school district um, and just all these things. And so I, I made sure that my goal was to love him through that process. And that that's an area where I think I got it right. Like, I, I think that I wasn't emphasizing the output, what the grades were. I was saying, what what do you need in order to feel safe learning? How can we support you? What does support look like? It's okay if you can't answer that. Let's explore it, right? So I was I was just... I got it right, <laughs> I feel. And so when I was like, so is school still going as well for you? Um, as you know, as it had been, you know, the last weeks when he was really coming home, like today was the best day of school. And he was like, yeah, I guess. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He was like, I mean, my grades are right. The teachers leave me alone. <laughs> and he's like, you know, I'm doing my work. I don't really care about it, but I'm doing it. And I must have made some kind of nonverbal expression that was like, pearl clutch you don't really care about it and that's when he like I could see he was like I mean I'm doing it and I just you know in that moment I realized man there was this part of me that wanted to I I don't know impress upon him the knee and then I was like girl stop (laughs) cool cool then I ended with are you learning and he's like yeah yeah like yeah I'm learning and I'm like cool And so that's an example, right? One of my daughters, she feels big. She feels big often, (laughs) which means there are a lot of demonstrative um, expressions. She screeches when she's happy. She storms off when she feels betrayed and injustice. She cries long when she feels hurt. And I, I, I can feel the parts of me that sometimes want to rise up and, and, and do something to like minimize that. And I'm like, no, this, this is how, this is who she's, I can help her develop skills to regulate, but her reality is real. And so then I started to think about my marriage. Am I constantly trying to change my husband? The answer to that is yes. <laughs> the answer to that is yes. We in therapy. I'm learning. She called me out big time. First time I've ever been with a therapist who I think is as me for me as I am for other people. And when I tell y'all that did not feel good and it felt amazing at the same time, my teenager doesn't like her. (laughs) I love her. 
But it was that moment of like control. I remember way in another lifetime of mine, I worked in restaurant management and there was a guy I was real close with who worked in the back of the house, kitchen prep. And I remember the day he said to me, you're a bully. And I was like, what? I am not a bully. And he was like, oh, you're a bully. And I was offended. I was mad. I'm like, I ain't a damn bully. What are you talking about? And you know what? He broke it down. And I don't remember what he said, but it's, I, I was a bully. And the thing is, I would never be the bully that will roll up my sleeve and ball my fist and say, give me your lunch money. No, 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 no. I wasn't that kind of bully. I was the bully who was super nice and kind and would get close to you and then like slowly mold and manipulate. It, it's it's crazy, y'all. And I'm not saying this. It, it, there is no good, no bad, not right, no right, no wrong. It just is. And I'm sharing this because one, that's what I do. But two, I'm not alone. There are so many of us who are engaging in our relationships in an effort to get our needs met, especially those of us who have a long-standing history of having our relational needs unmet. We are more bullies and manipulative than we than we think. Um, and so I'm just I'm planting that seed. <laughs> Explore it. If it ain't true for you, it ain't true for you. But I know it was true for me in a way that was uncomfortable to come to the reality with. Um, I've also been doing the thing that I encourage people to do. And I said this to someone the other day, and I mean it. The most inspirational thing about me, the most inspirational thing that I find about myself is I do the work, y'all. Like, I'm not out here. I'm I'm not trying to be a charlatan. I'm not out here being like, do this, do this, do this. And I'm I'm doing the work. And one of the things that I frequently say is when when we declare a thing to be a thing, whatever that thing is, our 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 brain's job is to filter in incoming data in service of the narrative we've already created. So if I've said green beans are nasty, then my brain's job is to to interpret things that come through my five senses in service of the thing that I already have declared true. So I might smell it and be like, oh, I don't like the way that smell. Look at it. Why they look like that? And then I will taste something I don't like simply because I've already declared green beans are nasty. I can declare green beans are delicious, the best vegetable ever. And all of a sudden I will smell something like, oh, that smells good. Look how fresh they look. Oh, that tastes good. It is, it is the interpretation, it's the lens through which my brain filters incoming data. So I have been really loose with declaring a thing a thing lately, and I've been curious. I form my, my inquiries and my observations in a curious way so that I'm not tied to one particular narrative, and it's one way. So... In some ways, when I first started exploring this, I wasn't willing to say I'm manipulative, but I wasn't willing to say I'm not manipulative. I just simply said, I am curious about how manipulation is used in my life. And when I was open in my curiosity, I began to see ways that I engage like with my kids in ways that it's like, I think I'm, I think I'm getting it right. Whatever right is, I don't think I, I think I genuinely am letting them be them. And then with that same open curiosity, I realized that I do some things to manipulate my husband. Here, I'll give you a very simple example. 
when he is not doing something <laughs> that, that I think he should be doing, whether it's something I've asked him to do or just something I think should be done, I will. I have for years gone, um, do I need to do that? Or you want me to do it? No, and I will be pissed off if he said yes. I, I'm not genuinely asking him if he wants me to do it. That was my way of letting him know it wasn't being done and he needed to do it. <laughs> That's just one basic example. How I use that to like, bend what he's doing to meet my need or to my will. And so when I was open with the curiosity, I was able to go, oh, girl. Mm. And let me tell you what else. When I was open with my curiosity, it allowed me to um, become less. What's one way to say this? So I'll, I'll tell it this way. I was talking to another really good friend today and we share overlapping um uh, stories in our marriage. And so in the past, mainly the past before my therapy, our couples counselor called us out. When her and I would talk about these particular concerns and issues that we both share separately, we would, there would be like an alliance and allegiance we had. And I would be like, oh yeah. So when she would say how she responded to her partner and things like that, I would align with it and be like, uh -huh, I get it. Today, because I've been practicing this open curiosity, when she started to talk about how she responded to her partner, I saw it differently. There wasn't this immediate allegiance and I, I saw it as a mirror. And it wasn't judgmental. It wasn't like, uh-uh, you shouldn't do it. No, but it was just like, oh, that's what I sound like. That's what that is like. And I was able to share that with her and we became a mirror for each other. And it was very beautiful. But I'm just saying, when you declare a thing to be a thing, no, I don't do that. Or yes, I do do that. All of a sudden, all you will see were the examples to fit your narrative. And you'll start twisting other examples to justify or minimize the thing that's contrary to the belief you've held, you, you hold. But when we are open in our curiosity, even in how we think about it and talk about it, we allow data to filter in in a more non-biased way. And I think that is just super, super helpful. So I'm just sitting with open curiosity. Um, another, another area that I'm being open in my curiosity about is I recognize that our brain's job is to wrap a story around not just what's happening in our body, but what's happening around us and all of these things. And I, for most of my life, have been able to wrap a spiritualized narrative around everything that happens in my life, i.e. Um, the Lord's will be done. Uh, I must have needed to go through that in order for this, this and this. And so, and I declare those things to be true. And so I keep filtering it in. And what I'm not saying is those are not the case. I am just, I have, I am, I am endeavoring now to be open with that curiosity. I'm not saying it is, I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying it is, and I'm curious. And I will keep y'all posted on that journey um, because I think it's important. So just wanted to share that. Um, that was a lot. I feel like I could end right now because that, I feel like that was rich. That was rich and full. But I will share the last couple of things that I 
I set out to share with you all. One was um, I did a writing workshop this past weekend with an organization called Midnight and Indigo, which is um, a writing organization run by Black women and caters specifically to Black women writers. And um, I don't know how much I talked about my experience, but I was participating in a, a writing group um, for a, a prolonged period of time. And there were so many things I really loved um, about the writing space. I have gained, I think, some lifelong friends through that community. And I learned a lot. That is the place where I fell in love with my voice, my writing voice. Um, and I, my, I wasn't reflected in the space. I was usually um, the only Black person or, or one of very, very few and I, my nervous system deserves better. <laughs> so um, I, and as I was searching, um, you know, you think about something and then it pops up on the Facebook ad and that's what happened. So I found Midnight and Indigo, signed up for this months ago and um, took the court, uh, the workshop this weekend. It was a very small workshop. And what was amazing is that one of the people who was a participant was from Detroit which it was like, oh my goodness, you know, just, you know, when somebody is from where you're from, there's that. And um, another participant's name was LaShonda. <laughs> I have never, in my recollection, been in a virtual or physical space with another LaShonda that I knew of. And so I'm like, you don't get much more reflected than this experience I'm having right now. And I, I really enjoyed the workshop. Um, and the whole purpose of the workshop was to get people to... Um, just at least be curious and explore how to get outside of the box of maybe the genre that they always write and just kind of stretch themselves a little bit. And my writing, I write for work, right? I write my work, you know, my website, blah, blah, blah. You know, I do some of that writing. I've written some academic pieces on trauma. I, you know, but, and I, so much of what I do is autobiographical or memoirish. I don't really write fiction. And so I, I was like, I'm, I think I'm going to stretch myself and write some fiction. We had a period of time where we could write during the workshop and I wrote something and, you know, I have this really amazing ability to, um, to capture, to show, not tell, and to capture a real depth of emotion and scenery and setting, um, in my writing. And so that carried forth in just kind of this 25 minute fast write that I did. And what you hear all the time is good writers are good readers, um, or at least readers. And what I've said uh, many a times, I'm just reading, I'm just reading, it's, it's just so hard. But I also realized that when I'm actually reading fiction, I can get really into it. And so I asked for recommendations um, for writing, I mean, for reading. And I also tried something different, which is I, I tried an audiobook which the last audiobook I tried to listen to was The Body Keeps the Score. And that's just a terrible book to try to listen to on audio for a person like me. Because um, it's so like, yeah, I need to just read that in person. So I got some recommendations and I actually started reading The Secret Lives of Church Ladies. Well, I started listening to it. And as I'm listening to it, it's a, it's a series of short stories. I got so motivated, uh, inspired, 
that and 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 it so yeah I was motivated and inspired but I also got to tell you that really what I think I did in that workshop is I again I stopped clamping down on this is the kind of writer that I am and I opened up to be curious and as soon as I was curious I realized that there was a story in me that was like it's almost like it was just, um, it was dying to get out of me. So that night I started writing and I just couldn't stop. And um, I started writing a fictionalized account of my grandmother's story. My grandmother's story that um, it has so many holes and gaps. And so there is a lot of space for creative or literary, what do they call it? Uh, Creative license, literary license. But as I started writing it, I'm like, this is going to be a thing. (laughs) I don't know what kind of thing. I don't know if it's a short story. I don't know if it's a novel. I don't know what it is. But the way I needed to get it out and the way I still need to get it out of me is amazing. As I was writing this, I began to make some connections and threads in my life, my mother's life, my sister's life, my grandmother's life. Like these things start coming together empathy and compassion began to overwhelm me as I was writing this account and things that I had been judgmental about in the past that I didn't even know the full depth of. I started to realize how it mirrors in my story. And then there was compassion. So all I know is I didn't, I'm not, I'm setting out to write this because it is what's coming out of me. It is the book that needs to be written by me right now. Um, And I make no, I'm not making any declarations for completion time what I do know is midnight and indigo does allow alumni of their different courses and workshops to submit manuscripts um, and pieces of writing and so that felt like that gave me like at least something to move towards like oh I could do that but all I know is like I'm not saying I want to heal myself so I need to write this that's what I said with my memoir I don't know if y'all remember that Um, or at least that was the mentality that I had and then all of a sudden it's not that I'm not going to write it anymore but it that that the stories are still there that got tabled but this thing right here I just think it's the story that needs to be told but I can already know there's some major healing um that is going to come through that so that's exciting for me I have a few select people that I share my writing with and I trust that they you know they I I trust their their feedback on numerous levels including craft um and I've gotten some some good feedback thus far. So I'm excited about that. I want to tell y'all about that. Um, Because when I was writing, when I determined that in 2021, my book would be published, you know, what I realized was that wasn't, that was, that was ego. It really was. It was ego coming from a a lot of different places. One, I was aligned with people who I was still in this What's your value proposition? How do you set yourself apart? Oh, if you have a book, it makes you more, um, what's the word? Not reputable, but yeah, it gives you more leverage and da, 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 da. So that was one part of it. The other part was feeling like I needed to accomplish something. So like even the motive for writing that, it didn't start off that way. It grew that way. And it just ooh, it felt off. Now, I just think this is the story that needs to be told. Um. And I, I am honored to tell it. And this feels a lot less ego. Speaking of that, right before I started this podcast, um, I was scrolling through social media 
Um, and I, I came across this person that I knew I had met over 20 years ago and they seemed to be doing well that, you know, in whatever they're doing. And I, there was just this moment. It was a moment that's not infrequent. It doesn't happen all the time, but there was just a moment where I sat and I can get into this space of just really feeling like, what have you done? Look at them. They're doing this. They're here with this celebrity and this celebrity. And don't nobody know your name. I I recognize the voice. It's not my functional adult voice. It's not the voice that's speaking to you. But I recognize that voice within me. I don't get upset with her. I, I don't silence her. I give her space. But then I go in and say, what do you know? I know you. I know you. And I'm here with you and I love you and you have nothing to prove. And so I have to nurture my way through that. But I just wanted to share that. I feel like, you know, that I think sometimes I will look at my social media pages or my website and look at it from the perspective of someone who's not me, maybe someone who doesn't know me. And I I think it can hit all of the all of the 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 check marks of success you know my website is beautiful i have amazing pictures taken by amazing photographers um clearly i'm doing something because people can't get on my calendar for months i got a podcast i you know i'm published like i i know that it can present all of these things and yet there are still times where i'm like what are you doing with your life and then, you know, I laugh just because, I don't know, I laugh. Not because it's particularly funny, but it's like, I have to remind myself, one, this notion um, that my value is is rooted in what I produce for other people's consumption is straight out of the book of exploitative uh, capitalism. And, and I get it, but it's just, these are the things that swirl. I share that because I think there are people out there who do the same thing. And, and you might think that people who you might deem successful, are not, we, we all out here um, receiving a lot of the same messages about value. The key is once we recognize it, that I didn't have to go down this long spiral, that I was able to breathe, breathe back up into same ass and realize that, no, am I being authentic in the moment? Am I still working on being the best version of myself? Am I an open vessel? Then I'm doing with my life exactly what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. So I wanted to share that. Um, the final thing that I want to share, um, I got to have dinner with one of my really, 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 really great friends yesterday. And we um, just started to talk about um, when we are looking to transition to something different. Maybe we get to a point where we're like, I don't want to do the thing, or I'm curious. Maybe I don't want to do the thing that I'm doing anymore. How many times we box ourselves in based on what we know? So here's an example. If you've been a school teacher for the last 10 years, and you're just like, this is crazy. I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. 
one of the things that people do is they box themselves in and say, well, maybe I uh, be an intervention specialist or you, you think, you know, well, on, in some cases, people just want to get out of the whole field. So I remember one time when I was in the mental health field, specifically at an agency, and I was like, I just want to go be somebody's secretary <laughs> or I want to go file papers. Like, I don't even want to deal with people. So I think that's one hand. We like, I want to get out the field completely or we go like, I have to stay in this field. And I just want to shout out a word of encouragement to people and say this thing, and I mean it, you can make money doing anything. Now, I am not trying to be oversimplistic. I know that there are many barriers, including systemic barriers, that does not make that pie in the sky what they have been deeming the American dream in some way, shape, or form to be readily accessible to all people. But what I am saying is just be open. Be open to your gifts. Go back to the podcast I did with Leon Starks. I think it was called, um, oh shoot, I don't remember. (laughs) But we talked about that, your passion, your labor of love. How do you find your labor of love? You know, one thing that I can honestly say is I show up and be me. And now I'm declaring that that's all I'm going to do. And people are paying me for it. And so I just wanted to give that encouragement to as people are determining in some cases that they are not just going to go back into the workforce doing what they were doing before because they have to. And people are now saying, how do I have more control of this? I just want to encourage um, I want to encourage you to think about what's your passion, what's your gift, what are you good at um, and all that stuff. So that was that was kind of my last my last thought. I hope this was. I hope someone found this helpful. It was all I needed it to be for tonight. And I am grateful for the fullness of the things that I was able to share and how I can continue to use my life um, as an example of how I navigate the world and, and do my best to access healing for myself and for others. So I want to give a special shout out to Trey Angel, who provides all of the music for the Labels of Love podcast, to my producer, Jay Sugg of Instant Classic Media, and of course, to you, my guest. I love y'all. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, um, oh, pause. Listen, if you want to join my six-week course, it is starting April 16th, um, I believe. Let me go ahead and do that real quick. Um, April... Oh, this is ridiculous. I should have, uh, yeah, <laughs> should have had that. April 18th um, is when it begins. My six-week course, Reparenting Your Littles, Giving Yourself What You Didn't Get. It's a good one, y'all, for real. Um, spaces are filling. So I just want to encourage you that if you would like to do that, please head over to the website. Um, it will be listed under courses. And to let y'all know that also next month on April 16th, that's where I got April 16th for, it is a Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be um, doing the first uh, workshop in a free parenting series. Um, and so you can sign up for that. It is virtual. Um, and I'm pretty excited. How did I become the parent that I am is what we're going to be exploring, exploring your parenting style. And so this is free. And if you're not a parent, this is for anyone who is around children. 
um, teacher, you know, whatever capacity, let, let's start looking at this stuff. So it's going to be a series and my first workshop in the parenting series is April 16th, 10 a.m. So I wanted to show, uh, tell y'all about that. All of that is on my website, www.thelaboursoflove.com. Uh, we'll be posting on all the social media outlets. If you haven't headed over to TikTok, go ahead and give us a follow. We're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, all that good stuff. Uh, don't forget our YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe to YouTube. All of my therapy Thursday videos are there. Um, and we're going to be actually starting to put a lot of effort into our YouTube channel where you can get some really good stuff over there. So I'll give you more information about that. And if you haven't already, give us that five-star rating. Uh, write a review. Share the podcast with your friends and your loved ones. Until we connect again, you all be well.